Welcome to another episode of Chapter Chat. This is our online book club, and my name is Carrie Ebert. My good friend Mike uh, is going to be joining me here in just a second, and we will also be joined by the author of the book that we are currently reading. It is called The Co-Regulation Handbook, and we are actually going to finish this book up tonight. So, um, hey, Sherry. Uh, so this is uh, an exciting night. We always love uh, uh, studying a book, and um, it's just as exciting when we finish and get to kind of wrap things up and move on to a new book. So here is of the co-regulation handbook and she should be joining us here in just a second there she is hello friend how are Hi. you hey good how are you i'm very good very good we're just waiting for mike to hop on i mm -hmm. think no that's not mike we'll just wait here a second more <laughs> what have you been up to this week linda anything oh. exciting well it is monday so you probably haven't been up to much no. Well, how was your birthday? I was wondering how your birthday was. You know, I actually <laughs> had a wonderful birthday. Um, yeah, it was. Oh, I have so many stories I can tell you about hello, my birthday. Hello. Mike, hey. hey, how's it going? Gosh, so, long time no see. We missed so you last week. I know. Thank you guys for holding it down without me. I appreciate it. You know, we survived, didn't we, Linda? Barely. We survived. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and you also, had, asking, you also had a birthday. Yeah, she was asking yeah. me about my birthday. And um, we actually went to a little restaurant. I love little like dive restaurants. You know, it's like my favorite yeah, thing. So we yeah. found this little, this little restaurant called the Tipsy Taco. Is that the best name you've <laughs> ever Ooh, heard? For, I like um, it. it was the best. But the greatest thing was Aaron went with us, which he always would go to birthday dinner, but he would never eat what was there. He'd always eat before we went. And then he would just sit quietly while we all ate. And so I asked him, I said, all I wanted for my birthday, because Aaron told me, he said, mom, I forgot to make you a card. And I said, that's okay, buddy. I said, the only thing I want for my birthday is I want you to try either a bite of a taco or a cheese quesadilla. And he was like, oh. well, I don't eat those foods. And I said, well, cheese quesadilla is just a grilled cheese, but on a tortilla instead of bread. And he said, well, I like grilled cheese. So he agreed to eat a cheese quesadilla and he ate all but like one little sliver. Wow. Nice. Amazing. It was, the like it. it was the greatest birthday present ever. So yeah, so I had a Paloma, which is my new favorite drink now. And he had a what cheese is quesadilla. What a, is a Paloma is, I didn't even know I liked tequila. Apparently I did. It is tequila <laughs> and grapefruit, grapefruit juice. So it's very... Interesting. Um, yeah, That's it's delicious. Good. So now I'm kind of obsessed with Palomas. But so now anyway, we can do so a thank Paloma, you for asking. Paloma, yeah, Paloma advent party. calendar. Oh, there we go. It's like sounds like, like it. a nice drink up by your fire pit too. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. was. Yeah, we sat out there last night, mm -hmm. and it is so freezing cold here in Kansas City. You guys, freezing. I, it's freezing here. It's snowing it? today. In it Philly, yeah. it snowed. What? It was like yeah. 31 degrees here. And normally it's like so 70, like in Kansas mm -hmm. City in the spring. So yeah. I'm like, I have about had it. I miss like warm weather. What about, Linda, you're where? Where we are you had, at? I'm in Boston, north of Boston. Oh, that's we, right. We okay. had a really beautiful weekend. And then it was 28 degrees this morning. And Isn't there was snow ridiculous? on the ground. So like, and it's supposed to be 70 kids? tomorrow here. Yeah. So it went from 31 to 70. And then it's going to rain on Wednesday. Ugh, I'm over it. But yeah. anyways. Yeah. So. Yeah. Everyone, I was telling our friends um, that the co-regulation handbook, we are going to finish this baby up tonight. So this We're is our- wrap it up. Mike, yeah. is this our fifth book? 
I six. believe so. Yeah, fifth. we got them all. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, it's number book. five. Yeah. So Linda has been gracious enough to be with us for how many months now? Because we've done both yeah. of her books. We started with the declarative language handbook. And um, Mike was like, hey, I'm going to reach out to the author and see if she'd be willing to join us. And she was. We and have the other was. authors. Of the right away. Books. And Linda That's right. is the first yeah. one. And to, now you're like, uh, we can't get rid of her. No. No, it's the greatest <laughs> thing ever. So we appreciate you hanging with us and giving us your insight as the author. So if you haven't read, if you're new to Chapter Chat, the Declarative Language Handbook was our fourth book. Um, highly recommend that. And then we have been studying the co-regulation handbook. So we are, Mike, we're doing chapters 13, 14, and 15, just to finish the book up. Um, Beautiful. Linda, is um, she writes very concisely. And so her chapters are short, sweet, and to the point, but man, do they pack a punch, right? That's what we love <laughs> That's right. That's right. about the way, the way Linda writes. So um, chapter 13, uh, knowing you're on the right track. Linda, is there anything you'd like to start us off with, with, with chapter 13? Well, I think, you know, we can get into different areas, but some of the highlights are your kids um, are open to new things and new learning experiences. And you've been talking about this all along the way with Aaron. Yes. As you've used declarative yeah. language and co-regulation together, I feel like every week you tell us something new that he's yeah. been open to or um, that you've been able to engage him with. So I think that's one of the biggest takeaways. Um, and then like declarative language, it's just that everything changes from um, a negative or de de demanding dynamic to mm -hmm. positive, supportive partnership. Partnership. So, That's my yeah. favorite word that you've used throughout yep. all of mm -hmm. this, whether it's declarative language or co-regulation, it's this idea of creating an authentic and meaningful partnership, you know, between yeah. the adult and the child. And then of course, shifting that into peer-to-peer -peer partnerships, you know, with just mm -hmm. a little bit of support from the adult as needed and backing off. So on page 111, I just kind of had highlighted that you said, this is evidence of progress. And I felt like that's kind of what this whole chapter was about. You know, I just kept underlining mm -hmm. and highlighting different kind of key phrases that we've been chatting about throughout this whole journey, um, but evidence of progress. Um, so Mike, what did you take from the first uh, couple pages of the book? Anything that you highlighted that you think is uh, 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 worth a mention to st get us started? Yeah, so, so one thing that Linda really always talks about uh, within this book is really talking about this lens of competence. Uh, mm -hmm. You see it on the first page here on 111, you understand breakdowns from the lens of competence and that sometimes it's up to you to tweak things to help your child to come back and engage more competently. Yeah. Uh, so I'm on my page with, you know, with working with students with executive dysfunction, ADHD, I'm always pushing these varied experiences and, and, uh, mm -hmm. and getting them out of their comfort zone and pushing them into new things, those sorts of things. Because that's really what these kids need because they're growing. We, we talk about this all the time because they're growing up in this world of instant gratification, of screens, screens mm -hmm. taking over their lives, uh, play is disappearing, uh, you know, the cognitive hypothesis is really taking away all the social aspects of school. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a really tough time to be a kid right now. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I'll post these things about, you know, video games aren't really social, or, you know, we need to make sure our kids are having varied experiences. And sometimes, you know, some people will come on and say, uh, no, uh, my, my son gets too anxious. 
we need to respect their feelings. Mm-hmm. We need to do these. Like, you know, like some people get a little upset over mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. out of the out of the comfort zone mentality that I have. And you know, one thing I always have to remind parents is it's number one relationships over everything. Right. So right. I'm not just some random therapist. The first time I meet a kid, I'm going to say, no, you have to join the soccer team. No, right. you have to, you have to join Boy Scouts. You have, you have right, to do right. these things. It right. has to be relationships are the foundation right. to all growth and all success, especially in childhood. Yeah. And I love, that's what I love so much about Linda's writing is she really pushes the idea of relationships and when you when you co-regulate together you create competent roles and and you're not really going to have too many competent roles playing minecraft or playing Fortnite or being on social media or doing these things that are really in your comfort zone when you have relationships when you have uh you know whether it's a neutral third party like a therapist or whether it's a dynamic relationship between mother and father and son you can, or, and daughter, you can find different ways to bring them out of their comfort zone, co-regulate through a shared activity and use right. that relationship to make it a smooth, non-anxiety producing process. And that's what well, it's right, all about. Right. And, yeah. and the, what I love so much about this whole idea of co-regulation is when we talk about new and varied experiences, it's not yep. like we're going to hang the kid out to dry. That's not <laughs> what this is about. It's not mm-hmm. like, hey, I know you've never been bowling. I'm going to drop you off at the bowling alley and I hope you yep. have a good time and I'll pick you up in two hours because that's going to send most kids into fight or flight mode, right? I mean, it's something yeah. I've never done before. Even, even adults. Anxious. Yeah. So yeah. we're not talking about, you know, hanging kids out to dry. And that's what is so important about co regulation and all of Linda's writing in this book is this idea of the adult is going to partner with the child and find a competent role. So in this Mm -hmm. new varied experience, what is the competent role that the child can have? And in the beginning, it might be something um, so, so, you know, as simple as, um, you know, Linda has given so many great ideas. Um, if we're going to rake leaves together or if we're going to sweep the floor together, you know, um, you can be the bag holder and I'll dump the leaves in the bag, right? That's a competent role. That's a lot different than you saying, Hey kid, who's never raked a yard in your life, go out and rake the leaves <laughs> and don't come back in until the yard is clean. Mm-hmm. And that kid's going to throw a, t- going to be upset and be like, I don't want to rake the leaves. And we yep. view it often as non-compliance as refusal. How do we, know it's not fight or flight if he's never raked the leaves before how can we just expect some kid to know how to just randomly you know know the steps on how to do that so this whole book is about partnering with kids and giving them a competent role and we assume the rest of it right yeah mm-hmm. and linda writes here on page 112 partnership feels so much better than endless prompting oh so some, that was so, my favorite so, so sometimes <laughs> so sometimes we as adults because carrie hit the nail on the head Sometimes we as adults get caught up in, are they being compliant? Yep. Are they saying yes, yes, yes? Or are they being non-compliant? It, no, no, not, no. Right? Nine times out of mm-hmm. 10, basically 10 times out of 10, it is so much deeper than that. We have yeah. to stop, la- stop labeling kids as compliant, non-compliant, and mm-hmm. figure out, okay, how can I bring my relationship into this? How, mm-hmm. can I, how can I, I'm regulated when I take out the trash. Right. I'm, regu- I'm regulated <laughs> when I do these things. Right. How can right. I co-regulate with them and allow them to be regulated with it and whether and whether they do it on their own or especially when we're talking about younger kids 
whether they do it on their own or whether they, they do it with you, there's no difference. They did That's it. Right. They spent their time doing it. They don't need to, you can walk with them to the end of the driveway to drop off the recycling. Right. You can walk, you can, you can do the laundry with them mm -hmm. for five minutes. Eventually they're going to say, I want to do this on my own. Right. Just right. like, just like, just like kids with walking and eating and changing the kids naturally want to be independent. That's so right. do it, do it with them for as long as you can make it something shared because eventually they're going to move out. They're going go to boot college, it in turn. And you're, <laughs> That's and, right. And you're, you're going right. to wish, yeah. you're going to wish you can do that with them again. That's right. Mm -hmm. One quick thing I want to say is I, I don't want parents to get in this habit of saying, but he's old enough to do this on his own. Mm -hmm. He should mm -hmm. be able to, I want you guys to all put what's age appropriate expectations or developmentally Correct. appropriate expectations. It's not really about that. I mean, I think we have to just kind of get rid of that whole idea that based on someone's age, they should be xyz independent right we're just yep. going to meet kids where they're at and i really mm -hmm. think you know i try to do that as an early intervention provider you know i do a lot of posts on social media about child-led play and you know that kind of i feel like everything linda's been talking about in her book about co-regulation is about allow the child to do as much as they can and then the onus of responsibility for the rest of it goes on our shoulders we're the adults mm -hmm. with fully developed nervous systems we're the adults with fully intact executive function skills so we put the onus of responsibility on us instead of blaming the child and saying you didn't try hard enough you're lazy you you know and yep. see how it's all yep. you 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 no 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 when there is a breakdown it's important that we recognize that that's our responsibility to kind of yep. in the moment mm -hmm. um meet the child where they're at and repair that breakdown or work on it together. Linda talks a lot about repairing breakdowns in this mm -hmm. book, but I just don't want parents to kind of be listening. Maybe you just popped on and you think, oh, but my kid's 12, my kid's 14. He should no. be able to do that by right. himself. Sorry, that's not. So talk to us, Linda. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, I agree completely. I was thinking about development as you were talking and it's about meeting we're not going to be able to positively move a child forward if we don't meet them where they're at at this yep. moment in time. Yep. So we get on our lens of competence, decide what's a competent role in that moment. And it's so much easy, easier to engage kids when we find that place of competence. So it's not yep. that we're not going to skill build. We are, we most certainly are. We're just being very thoughtful about the starting point at yes, this moment where to start. in time. Yes. 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 And, yes, I, yes. and I also, yeah. I, I just had this conversation with a mom recently, uh, like, oh, he won't clean his room. He won't clean it. He won't clean his room mm -hmm. by himself. Mm -hmm. It's totally, I don't, I don't care if they're 18, clean the room with them. Right. As long as, as long as you're not doing 100% of the work, right. as long as they're not laying in the bed on their phone while you're cleaning, right. you know, <laughs> have the, have them pass you something, mm -hmm. you know, do, do something. It's totally okay. Says, name the role that's exactly what linda go. would say yep. name the role yep. you yep. be the you hand me the book and i'll put it on the shelf or i'll mm -hmm. hand you the book so now you're yep. the book hander and the child is the book placer on the shelfer you know so yep. if, you yep. can, if you can't label the role you haven't identified a competent role yet that was yep. something that i really had never yep. thought to do until um i learned that strategy from linda is yep. you've got to name the role so stop yourself in the moment you're doing laundry mm -hmm. and you're like okay i want my child like with Aaron, Aaron is 17. I would love for him to be independent with laundry. He's not, but he, I have really seen his growth as I started using more declarative language mm -hmm. and starting uh -huh. providing him competent roles. I'm even sure with your, what now, 13 month old baby, she could have a competent role, yeah. right, Mike? In yeah, laundry. of course. I mean, uh, yeah. Can tell yeah. everyone about Mike's video? That was the sweetest yeah, yeah, ever. Yeah. Oh, that, yes. That was the, uh, that was the, that was the, the blue apron or the HelloFresh. 
and she was taking yeah. it out of the box, handing, handing it to my it. wife, yep. and she was putting it in the, putting it in the fridge, mm-hmm. and she and she loved it, and she was laughing and smiling. She throughout was so it. proud. And, she was and, so proud of it. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, like, yeah, that's a thirteen month old baby. But what's the difference if she were eighteen years old? It doesn't and she, matter. And, right. and it, it, like we talk about joint attention, mm-hmm. like it's a, like it's a little kid mm-hmm. skill. Mm-hmm. You know, you have an eighteen-year-old in twenty twenty-two who doesn't have a phone mm-hmm. in their face or a video game in their face, <laughs> and they're focused on food and groceries mm-hmm. and a da- a daily task of independent living with you. Mm-hmm. It's totally like I don't care. It's a win. The, That's a win. Same thing. Mm-hmm. An eighteen an eighteen-year-old can grab a loaf of bread out of bag, give to you. And they yep. could be your grocery helper. So yep. we're, you know, we, we talk all the time about early childhood. This is the exact same thing for yeah. teens. Yeah. yeah. Just the past week, Aaron has gone to the grocery store with me um, two different times. And it used to be he would always just sort of be like, oh, I don't need to go. I'll just stay here. And since I've been including him more in like creating the grocery list and planning meals, it's just crazy. He's so much more excited to go to the store now. And I just, it's really just been really fascinating. So it's, it's been a really neat journey for me personally um, with my, with my 17 year old son. But Mike, I can only imagine with your 13 month old daughter, you know, how you're going to see this just continue to unfold and blossom. And how old are your kids, Linda? They are 12 and 10. They're 12 and 10. Yeah. So you continue 10, yeah. to see their, yeah. their independence and their, yeah. their competent yeah. roles. And, 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 and Linda's always sending me pictures about mm-hmm. the varied experiences she's right. pushing them into. <laughs> and you, you, we talked about that yeah. with some of the board games and outside, mm-hmm. and outside doing the snow it, it, and with Mastermind mm-hmm. and everything. Yep. It's, yep. It, it's, it's really incredible. You know, we talk so much about competence, compliance, all of these things. When we have kids getting out of their comfort zone and developing competence through co-regulation, it's amazing how much that mental rigidity goes away in yeah. terms of I'm good at this, I'm bad at this, this is easy, this mm-hmm. is hard, this is fun, this is stupid. It's amazing how much they start to increase their self-worth. And, 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 and think about it. Mindset. Growth and mindset. Growth mindset. And, yeah. and that's the goal of everything. To, um... Speech, OT, PT, it's all self-worth. Yeah, I, I was thinking, you know, Aaron's 17 and Eden's a little over one, right? Yeah, yeah. So yep. I wanted to even to pull themes that I see in both of your videos and your stories. So what happens when you find that competent role, you engage them in that co-regulatory pattern, you slow their the pace so that they have time to think, which is individual. Then what you see, and we saw it with Eden in the video, and always like with Aaron, we hear about it. What you see is curiosity. Mm-hmm. You see visual referencing. You see seeking out novelty. You see learning new experiences, and they start to lead the way. It's so so we are no longer prompting when you create that safe learning context at the edge of their competence, and you pace it to match so they have time to process those things that we want so badly to come develop naturally, but we have to create that learning environment and give it space to go. That's right. And, and, and that's yeah. really the stages here. So, so, so what's the, yeah. so cur- curiosity, curiosity. Vi- visual referencing, what's the next one? Um, Did you say novelty? Yeah, I, I said yeah. seeking novelty. Yep. Yep. Um, did I, did we already say seeking out challenge? I think that was part of well, it. Well, novelty um, and challenge, novelty yeah. challenge. Yeah. Being okay yeah. with challenge. Yeah. yeah. Because yep. one yep. thing I was thinking, Mike, is that we'll have kids say, oh, I can't. 
or yep. we'll have kids say, mm -hmm. um, I don't know how. And I think that it's so important that we help them understand, well, you maybe can't do it alone, but you can do parts of it. So it's Correct. really about mm -hmm. breaking down. That's what we mean by competent role. If right. you're just, if you're new, you know, and just joining us for the first time is when we talk about creating competent roles, what we mean is what part can they do? No, maybe your child yeah. can't rake the lawn by themselves or, you know, do the laundry independently, but what part can they do? Um, Aaron yep. started for years. Um, his job was to wheel his wheeled hamper. I got him a wheeled hamper instead of one he had to carry because, you know, that way from a little kid, he could wheel it into the laundry room. And I've never once in the past 10 years had to ask him to bring me his laundry because once it gets full, he just wheels it in and he sets it by, you know, in the laundry room. So it's there. So now we've started moving into, okay, what's the next competent role? You know, we've started working on sorting colors, you know, and darks mm -hmm. versus lights. And so it's just really interesting. And I just want you as parents to recognize that competent role can be as simple as taking the first step, right? It's yep. not about having to do everything or do a majority mm -hmm. of it. It's about partnering together. And if you have children yep. of different ages, I would argue they would each have different levels of competency, you know, in doing yep. a family right. tour together. And, mm -hmm. and also one, one really important thing to think about is the vast majority of young kids have mental rigidity. And that's simply because of their age. They haven't experienced mm -hmm. life yet. They haven't seen enough. They haven't met enough. They haven't done enough. They're young kids. It's not their fault. They just haven't been on earth long enough, right? Right. They haven't, they haven't, they haven't, experienced, they haven't experienced life. And part of that mental rigidity is really sort of putting things into labels. Like I talk about, this is easy. This is hard. I'm good at right. this. I'm bad at this. This is fun. Right. This mm -hmm. is stupid. And that's really their that's mindset. That's binary. Every, black every, and white. Yep. Everything is so black and white. Yep. And part of the reason why they say no to novelty and challenge is because they feel like, first of all, there's that learning curve and they feel like it's going to be another thing on that list of things I'm bad at. Mike right. is good. Mike is good at this. Mike mm -hmm. is bad at this. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's what it is. That's what it is to them. I'm bad at that. I'm bad at that. I'm bad at that. But the beautiful thing about co-regulation is it's not, it's no longer about me. It's mm -hmm. now about us. Yes. So partnership. So, so there you go. It's yeah. no long. It's no longer about me being bad at this. Now I have a partner in it to help me. Right. Yeah. And on page one twelve, I actually circled it. Linda said, "One way you'll know there's progress is when your child says no less often." And I think that is so important mm -hmm. to recognize. Is how will you know if you are providing more competent yep. roles? If you yep. are, you know, slowing down the pace? If you are putting your child on a trajectory that is just right for them? You'll know because your child is no longer as rigid. They're no longer just a, a saying no to absolutely every right. idea because now what they do is they trust you. They trust that you're not going to set them up for failure. You're right. not going to set them up um, to, you know, uh, 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 too big a, a piece uh, of the pie where they can't, they can't do it on their own. And like Mike said, then that's one more thing they fail at one more right. thing they can't do. And they start to trust that, Oh, you're going to meet me where I'm at. You're going to meet me halfway. And if I struggle, you're going to be there to support me, but mm -hmm. you're also going to gently encourage me and allow me to come become more independent at my own pace. And I totally. mean, what, what greater job is there as a parent than to foster independence through a trusting relationship? Like, yeah. exactly. I mean, it's, just, it's just beautiful, right? Yeah. And you keep, and that safe learning environment then um, creates space where the child is willing to take risks. When yes. you start, yep. they're not yet ready no. to take a risk. In the beginning, they won't, and we but won't you, force them, yeah, right? But they learn mm -hmm. and they trust that it's okay yep. to take a risk because and and, and throughout. Me. Throughout all of Chapter mm -hmm. Chat, Carrie and I have mentioned a million times 
the Harvard Center of the Developing Child, especially in our first book, How Children Succeed, and all the incredible research that group is doing for executive functions, resiliency, and child development. Mm -hmm. And the number one thing they always talk about, the number mm -hmm. one thing that if, if this child has this, they are going to go on to develop executive functions. They're gonna go on with resiliency. And that number one thing is always a nurturing, positive relationship yep. with, an, with an adult. Yep. And that's yep. it, and that's it. So I, yep. I, always, I always talk about varied experiences, but it's interpersonal relationships right. and varied experiences. Or in my without, context with, with, of a meaningful Without yes, relationships, yes. there's no experience. Yeah. And my favorite yeah. term has been and will continue to be relationship-based learning. Like that's there how I'm go. always talking mm -hmm. yep. about everything yep. I do is relationship-based learning. And yep. it's meeting the child where they're at. It's understanding what child-led means. I think there are some adults who think that means kids can do whatever they want. That's not what child-led means. What we mm -hmm. mean is it, we're doing something that allows the child to be competent, right? It's something yep. that's relevant. It's um, interesting. It's, um, but it, it allows them to have some degree of success because on one page, page 115, here's another thing I circled <laughs> and I love this is what it ends up doing is builds confidence. And I mean, mm -hmm. what greater thing do we want for our kids, not only to have competence, but to have confidence in themselves, to believe in themselves and to have the skill set to know that if I can't do it, this person who I have a meaningful, this adult who I have a meaningful relationship with is going to always have my back, right? They're going to be there mm -hmm. to support me and guide me through that. And eventually I'll get it on my own, right? So confidence. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what this is all about. We don't want kids shutting down. We don't want them fleeing in protest. We don't want them going into fight, flight, or freeze mode. We want there to be this, as you keep saying, Linda, this safe learning environment, right? Where kids can thrive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> ready for a chapter 14 yeah let's do it let's do let's it do let me it. see if there's anything else i have to see because i i uh, oh yeah oh and the one thing i do have to say and you've brought this up a couple times when you talk about pacing what we as adults have to get really good at is waiting Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Just being patient and just knowing yeah. that, yeah, we do sometimes have to give extra processing time and allow them that time to wait. So allowing them to figure out their role. Um, and, and I think that for us, too, it's about recognizing this is a process. Right. It's a journey. It's not. Yep. And somewhere Linda said it in this chapter. I'm sure I highlighted it. But there's no fast fix. There's nothing that's going to you can't just be like mm -hmm. tomorrow. I'm going to use co-regulation. And by Wednesday, my kid's going to be doing better. These going to stop refusing. It's there's nothing. It's no quick fix like that. It's really about building that meaningful relationship. Um, Mike, you talk about this sometimes. She talks about on page 116, teaching your child how to self-advocate, right? Yep. Um, yep. Being, being able to say, I need more time, or can you show me? That's something that Aaron has learned um, just in the past, I'd say, couple years, is he actually is asking, what does that mean? And so when he didn't ask, we assumed he knew what words meant. And now he'll stop us in the middle of a sentence and say, what do you mean by that? What does that mean? Or, you know, if he's trying something and he can't do it on his own, he'll mm -hmm. say, can you help me? Like, I, I'm like, those are things that he never used to do so that self-advocacy is is a really important piece to becoming independent as well and also another big part for you know the three of us as parents is really not comparing your kid to other kids you oh, know that's sure. that, that's that's such a huge thing that you know we kind of fall into mm -hmm. that mindset like oh this this girl's walking my daughter's not this girl's doing mm -hmm. playing these sports you know right the, you know, do, doing all these comparisons and you know when we lose sight of uh, you know, the unique individual that yes. is our, that is our child and yes. where they're at, you know, us as SLPs really advocate for, 
you know, taking all those developmental milestones with a grain of salt Absolutely. and allowing your child mm -hmm. to develop at their own pace. That's it a is, huge one. It is difficult. Like my son is 17. Every other yeah. 17 year old I know is driving. Aaron, mm -hmm. I mean, has absolutely zero interest. And, and I, I'm sure I've told you guys this before, but when I ask him, do you want to learn to drive? He's very thoughtful about it. And he'll say, when I'm 25. And I'm like, yeah. oh, mm -hmm. when you're 25, you want to learn to drive. And he said, I'll think about it when I'm 25. So <laughs> yeah. that just has to be okay. You know, it may yeah. not mm -hmm. be what other kids who are 17 are doing but um we we have to you know be again accepting and love our kids for who they are instead of who society thinks they should be right and that's exactly. been yeah. a real hurdle i think as yeah. a parent of an autistic child is and as an slp who knows developmental milestones you know and my son mm -hmm. never met any of his developmental milestones um he had what i would call very scattered skills so he would meet certain milestones way ahead of schedule like he was reading before he was talking, but I mean, he could read and spell mm -hmm. words, big, you know, but so been all over the place developmentally. Um, so it is a difficult one when you see that your child isn't where their peers are, right? And, exactly. and it's tough, but um, one thing, Linda, before we move into chapter 14, on the end of page 118, you talk about, you have it in bold. It says, I'm comfortable with silence and reading my child's cues in the moment. Our feedback loop is getting stronger. Mm -hmm. Tell everyone what you mean by the feedback loop. Yeah, so what that means is when you engage in co-regulation more and more, you just really get in sync with your child. So you communicate, you pause and wait for them to communicate, and it's just that tight contingency. But because you're slowing down, you're really in tune with their nonverbal cues, um, mm -hmm. you know, their regulation. And so you are just at a much better place to guide them from that moment in time. Um, so it's the feedback loop is just, I'm reading your cues in the moment and I'm responding thoughtfully in a way that is supportive to you right now, um, which is the basis for learning and getting at that edge of competence. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing I was just thinking about when you're talking is like kids, you know, as a result, um, seek out challenge or aren't fearful of novelty stay regulated but we as parents also stay regulated more often because we don't freak out mm. when the child doesn't do something mm -hmm. we understand oh they're not doing it because perhaps that's not competent right now How, what mm -hmm. can i do differently um, and because we as the guide have tools to problem solve when there's a breakdown we don't get dysregulated. And when we say regulated, then it again, like just optimizes that learning environment. And so, keeps the loop. Yeah. yeah. Yep, so that's yep. what that, yeah. Very good. Very and, good. And, and when you're saying the feedback loop is getting stronger, you know, a lot of parents get so caught up on, is my child hearing me? Is my child listening mm -hmm. to me? Are they following mm -hmm. through on what I'm saying? When that feedback loop is strong, you're able to get a sense of, because you're being patient, because you're allowing mm -hmm. for the pause, you get a good sense of their nonverbal cues. Yes, yeah. they heard me. I don't have to repeat myself, which will heighten the fight, flight, freeze, right, right? Right, I know they heard me. If I wait and be patient, they will do what I ask on their time, which yep. is okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Because it's more important that they do it independently than Correct. do it quickly but promptly. Then do it on, much on, your, on your watch. And, on, and let's be clear that if you're a parent right now, when we keep saying prompting, what it ends up being is nagging, right? Yep. Nagging mm -hmm. the child. Yep. Come on, buddy. Yep. I need you to do this. Come on. You haven't put your laundry away. Come on. You need to do the laundry. And what, what happens is kids just start tuning out the nagging, right? right? They just tune it out all together. <laughs> and um, so, yeah. So when and, and nagging, to, nagging to the point, nagging to the point where it becomes almost a game for the son to mm -hmm. not do what they're doing. 
And right. then, mm-hmm. then that then comes the negative attention-seeking behaviors right. and the no right. and the noise. There's and a the different feedback loop for you, yes. right? So now yes. we're going mm-hmm. the wrong direction. Right. The child has figured out, oh, I can get under yeah. your skin that way, yep. and mm-hmm. I'm still not going to do the laundry, but I yep. have all the attention, you know, from you. And so, yeah, we want to create the right feedback loop, and we want it to mm-hmm. be based on that positive, um, genuine, authentic relationship that yep. is focused on fostering independence, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and um, if I've said skill building, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is something, again, if I've said it in past episodes, forgive me, but my husband and I have said this for years and years, we're not raising children, we're raising adults, right? So we always want to think about, you know, we want our children to not need us, right? That is our eventual goal. I mean, mm-hmm. we always want to have a relationship with them, but we want them to be independent, right? We want them yes. to be as independent as possible. And that starts with baby Eden at age 13 months as she helps mm-hmm. you put groceries away, right? She has Correct. a competent role and yep. the pride on her face as she is handing mommy, you know, a package of bacon or whatever. I mean, she could not be any more <laughs> joyful because she's being given a competent role and it makes her feel like a big girl, right? Mm-hmm. And she genuinely exactly. is helping mommy. Now mommy doesn't have to bend all the way over. Eden's the size of the box. So she went, you know, I mean, it's a wonderful partnership when mm-hmm. we see that unfold. So um, yeah, I and that is, and everything. that is the goal. That is the future goal. And sometimes a lot of us as therapists lose sight of that. Yeah. The, the work that we're doing is for them to live an independent life when we're no longer around. We have mm-hmm. to remember that. We know what the world is like. We know mm-hmm. how difficult, difficult in the, how difficult the world can be, mm-hmm. how un, unwelcoming and unaccepting the world can be. What, yep. skill, what skills can we give this child now so they're successful when we can't prompt them? Right. When, we're, when we're not there to give them the, the, mm-hmm. what they need. How, right. can we, how can we help them gain employment, not just so they can be financially independent, so they can find something that they love and they can have I mean, a, what's competent, better a competent role? Than independence and confidence. Like, there let's really go. think about it. What I mean, those two things right there are going to take you so far, right? If you have independence and you have confidence that you can overcome any hurdle because, you know, you have been um, given that skill set. So yeah, I love it. And this, love um, it. And the context of the relationship just teaches kids from the get-go that it's normal to seek guidance from someone who knows and a it's bit more than you. It's normal to fail. When you're how, in that job in the real world, like you should seek out guidance, support when right. you're outside your comfort zone. That is okay and expected. And that's how you become a successful person in that new role. It's because what is that, exactly. that a successful yeah. person has simply failed more than others. I mean, it of is course. so important, mm-hmm. right? Mike, we've talked about this in previous books that we've done on chapter chapter that failure we need to model oops I screwed up oops I right we need to as adults we need to model that for our kids so they understand failure is part of being human and we all Mm -hmm. the only way you grow is to fail you have to fail and then you have to reflect and then you have to refine and you have right that's part of the that's what learning actually is learning Mm -hmm. is not memorizing right learning is doing and so it's really important that our our kids uh understand that we all fail we all have bad days you know Mm -hmm. everything doesn't always go our way and um but what we do is we have these executive function skills that allow us to problem solve our way out of the bad times Mm -hmm. right and that's what we're here to help you do Experiencing uncertainty is okay. Experiencing uncertainty is okay. You say the most Mm -hmm. brilliant things. I mean, (laughs) I I just, I can't. It's okay. My other favorite one-liner is, stress impedes learning. I have said that 10 (laughs) times in my last couple webinars. Stress impedes learning. If your child is in 
um, fight or flight mode. If they mm -hmm. are in high alert, if they are in high stress, why are you trying to teach them anything at all? And you certainly better not why are you on saying speech and anything? language. Yeah, why, why are, are you, you saying why anything? Why are you saying anything? Walk this away. This is repair right. the relationship, mm -hmm. be quiet, repair the relationship, co-regulate, right? And stop trying to teach in a moment when the child is not in a ready state. So I just, mm, you have so many words of wisdom. I can't even. <laughs> okay, so chapter 14 is just a one pager and it kind of just feeds right into chapter 15. But what I love so much, and I highlighted the heck, out of these last few pages. But I think you're so spot on, Linda, when you say that co-regulation is something that there's a lot of research about, especially in the younger years, right? Mm -hmm. And as a birth to three provider, we talk about co-regulation, I mean, I mean, all the time. This is just a really, yeah. a really common theme um, when you're raising infants and toddlers. But I appreciate so much how you have really opened my eyes as a parent of a teenager um, that co-regulation doesn't stop at age three or at age five. Yeah. It's not like it's something we kind of give up on. So talk to us a little bit about that, Linda. Yeah, I think, well, I know one thing I say in the chapter is I did, I don't have to do any research because it's already done, <laughs> you know, and like declarative language wasn't out there as much, um, sure. but every, everybody knows how important co-regulation is, but, but what happens is I feel like it gets forgotten. People do it intuitively in the younger mm -hmm. years, like with Eden, for example, mm -hmm. but as kids age and progress, with Aaron, for mm -hmm. example, his age, people let go and they shift to prompting. Maybe they get stuck on developmental, neurotypical developmental norms mm -hmm. and feel like they got to move it along more quickly and think prompting's sure. going to do that. Um, oh, but really, yeah. you know, if you just go back to co-regulation, meet the kids where they're at, no matter their age, that's how we all learn new skills and learn to be competent in new skills that are outside our comfort zone. But absolutely. Yeah. So there's lots of research. They're in my references. Um, just, yeah. it's our job now to help this stick beyond yeah. the early years. Absolutely. There's a, there's a great page I follow on Instagram. I'm pretty sure it's called healthiest baby. I think that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. oh. And it's, and it's like this developmental pediatrician. She has a really famous Instagram account. She's really great. She makes these great images where it's like eight month olds, this nine months old, this, and she'll, okay. do, she'll, she'll do it by like the age sorts of things. And I find myself constantly retweeting and, uh, or not retweeting, but sharing, uh -huh. sharing her pictures and writing this exact information applies to teens. And oh, she's, yeah. and, 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 and she's always writing about like little, little kids, like uh -huh. a one year old, a two year old, uh -huh. an eight month uh -huh. old, and literally every single piece of advice is advice I literally just gave to a parent of an 18 year old. It's the exact same thing. We're always put we're always thinking, oh, by by this age, they have right. to be doing this. Yeah. It's 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 so fascinating how exactly what a one year old needs is exactly what an 18 year old needs. I mean, needs. think about that. Mm -hmm. That's so true because Mike, you're a parent of a 13, is she 13 months old? She's gotta be close. 13, right now. yeah. 13, 13 yeah. months old. I have a 17 year old and yet we can have a conversation about a book Linda mm -hmm. wrote. I mean, that's kind of crazy that it applies not only to our work life, you work with, yeah. I mean, you work with what, teens, college yeah. age, primarily, yeah. uh -huh. middle school maybe. Yep. And I work with birth to three, some three to five year olds. Um, and, and yet this whole it's conversation mm -hmm. is relevant. Same. So I yep. think that was a perfect way, Linda, for you to end your book is, yeah, we talk about co-regulation with infants and toddlers, but hey, people, co-regulation is important no matter what the learner's age. I mean, to me, that yeah. just was a beautiful kind of like, Oh, uh, ending point, you know, uh, for this book. Um, I, I just, I don't know. So good. And 
On page 122, you say, with co-regulation, we teach kids naturally. I could not lo love that phrase anymore because that's, I, I'm such a big believer in teaching during naturally occurring routines. Instead mm -hmm. of saying, oh, I need to sit, sit down and work with my child on X, Y, or Z. Well, then it just becomes work, right? I don't want mm -hmm. you to work with your child on anything. I mean, playing a game shouldn't be work. I don't want you to work on words. I don't want you to work on chores. You know, it's all about naturally occurring context. So I love how you say that. We teach kids naturally in the context of meaningful joint mm -hmm. activities that they do not have to know everything. And that is so beautiful. We're not saying you have to know oh, everything. Yeah. We're saying we're going to do this together, right? Yeah. We're, we're doing this um, as, as a team. So and you have to just, uh, just grab moments as you can. I yep. actually have a family that I work with and they've been listening to the podcast uh -huh. and, they, and they realize like, oh, it's okay if it only takes three minutes. I, you know, I thought it had to be something that took a, like long a big time. deal. Mm -hmm. So this mom um, had to take down a wreath from her door and she realized that that could be a learning opportunity. Yes. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. It's just remember my moments when they're happening anyway. I and can't remember your child. It might have been with Linda on here too, but remember when I talked about getting the mail and I talked oh, about yeah. all the different ways oh, yeah. you can make Turning that key, um, yeah. a, a yep. learning activity for your child. So I want parents to leave tonight recognizing that we're not asking you to do more and we're not asking you to do right. extra. Nobody has time to do extra anything. We barely as parents have enough time to get through the absolute, absolute must do's like brush the teeth, feed the children. You know what I mean? Like make sure they have lunch, make sure they have clean clothes for tomorrow. Like we barely have enough time to get through that so we're not suggesting that you need to make extra time we're saying if you already play games when you already read books mm -hmm. when you're already getting the mail when you're already going grocery shopping when you're getting ready to mow the lawn when you so it's when you're doing x give your child a competent role we're not right. saying in addition to everything please try this homework we're not leaving homework we're not suggesting homework that goes against everything about right. Based learning, right? It's yep. about naturally occurring context. And plus, yep. we're talking about we're talking about in the home. Okay, in we're the not home. we're not trying to make the home look like school. So or it's therapy. Even, so it's even more non uh, uh, non preferred and anxiety right. producing. We're exactly. talking about the home where it's all relationships, where it's the safe space. But, but let's what, talk about education for a minute, because yeah. I even think about, let's say you have a project, you know, let's say they're in high school and you have this group project. Shouldn't they, at that point, the teacher be helping them to determine competent roles within of that course. group? Everybody does not have the same skill set. So yep. mm -hmm. I was always a really fast typer. I am a very fast typer. So like my husband and I, we run our business together. And if we have to create a memo or create a policy for ASHA or whatever we have to do, I'm always like, how about if I type and you you word it because he's really good with mm -hmm. formulating and stuff, but I'm really good at typing. So you know what I mean? Like determining competent roles is something that I think even in schools, you know, in the classroom oh, yeah. that, that teachers can be, the more teachers understand co-regulation and competent yeah. roles, I feel like that's going to help, you know, them as well, even in some that of, setting. Some of the best IEPs I've seen or 504s I've seen is, you know, I, I work with one kid, uh, a, a younger boy, uh, a younger boy with some executive functioning challenges. And part of his IEP is, he gets to call the bus numbers out on the Perfect. loudspeaker every morning. He has <laughs> bus number four, you're loading. He gets to mm -hmm. do that and he loves it. It, mm -hmm. it literally makes his day. And then I, I, I yep. know some kids that work in the office. I know some kids yep. that work in the cafeteria, kids who take attendance. 
You, you think about mm-hmm. when you look back on a certain grade, you're not going to remember yeah. the, you know, the project you did or the homework you did or whatever. You're going to remember, you know, what your role was in that classroom totally. and your you know relationships. What I, loved? I got to share now when I was in elementary school, we had to take turns, but everybody it was starting in third grade. We got to clean the erasers. This is back when we had blackboard. That's how old mm-hmm. I am. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. had blackboard. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And so the erasers would get dusty. So you would take them mm-hmm. down and we would have to go into the basement and there was this tunnel and it was like, mm-hmm. doo, doo, doo. Right. And you'd yeah. go down this where the janitors like, and there was this big, I mean, it was crazy. And you'd beat these erasers together and all the chalk would mm-hmm. go flying. And it was, it, we loved it. We thought we were the coolest thing yeah. ever when we got to do the clean the erasers, you know? So competent roles can happen in schools. They can happen at home. They can happen in therapy. It's just about meeting kids where they're at and acknowledging mm-hmm. that every child is at a different place on their path, on their journey. Yeah. Right. And you're, and, gonna, and, and, you're, and you're, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So I was going to say, and those confident roles are regulating to kids. So there might be kids who have challenging behaviors at school. It's because they don't have a confident role. If you can mm-hmm. give them a confident role, they will stay regulated or they're more likely to stay regulated. So it might be the teacher needs a helper to pass out papers. I need mm-hmm. a paper passer out of it. Mm-hmm. I need a pencil sharpener. Yeah. Um, so if teachers can start to think in that way, have their radar on for natural opportunities to create a competent role, the child who is becoming dysregulated will regulate because they're engaged in something that's meaningful yeah. and that they're having success at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. And yes. And, yes. Part, and part of the reason why they're regulated doing the competent role versus lecture listen sitting there listening yeah is because most of the time during competent roles they're moving they're up and moving mm-hmm. you're bringing you're bringing movement into the classroom and in you're a positive successful way you're a giving pur- them purpose purposeful right. purposeful movement exactly how yeah. hard is it to just sit and listen hour after hour after hour right. for 12 for 12 hour. years Oh, no wonder this little boy that I'm supporting um, in Nebraska, one of his competent roles um, used to talk about office help. He gets to shred papers. And at first Mm -hmm. he was kind of scared of the machine and he wasn't sure. I mean, it's the highlight of his day now. He absolutely, because yeah. he's successful yeah. at it and he's 100% independent now. Yeah. Whereas in the beginning, he just turned it on and then we would feed the papers to the monster eating machine because he wasn't mm-hmm. sure what it was all about. And in just a few short, you know, um, days of, of doing the paper shredding, he is 100% independent, you know? And so it's there just so neat. And so he has purpose. Whereas before he was misbehaving in the classroom and carrying on mm-hmm. and because uh, classroom work isn't very meaningful. He really struggles with language and you know so giving competent roles um will help with positive um behaviors as well yeah classroom work classroom work isn't meaningful let let me say we we, we talk about quotes classroom work (laughs) isn't meaningful that's the yeah that's my favorite quote of the night right there Carrie, I, I was going to expand on your paper shredding example because Judy and Christopher, who I talk about uh-huh. a bit in both uh-huh. books, I have this really beautiful clip of Judy and Christopher shredding paper together. Oh, okay. Like, you know, just her bills or credit uh-huh. cards uh-huh. and stuff. But then, like, again, this is, is an example of what happens once you start with just that co-regulation and competent roles. So in the video clip, you know, she's the passer, he's the shredder. Right. But then the bin gets full. So they have to problem solve what to do when the paper bin gets full and then it jams. So they have to figure out what to do when the paper shredder jams. So you start with that competent contingent roles, but it leads toward unexpected problem solving and learning opportunities because the guide is there. 
yeah. the child gets to learn or the individual Whereas gets if to you learn. walked out of the mm-hmm. room and said, shred these hundred papers right. and it gets full or it jams and you're yeah. not there to problem solve with the child, then they stop, then they get mm-hmm. frustrated. Then they say, I hate shredding. It's dumb. Yep. It's stupid. Yeah. I don't want to do it anymore because they failed and didn't have um, a way out, right? Yeah. To be successful with that. And you just create that memory of how to solve that particular problem, which they'll then have for the yep. next time around. And the most brilliant thing you said on 123, we kind of already (laughs) talked about this, but you say, we must realize that when kids get stuck, the change often must come from within us. So if a kid Mm -hmm. is stuck in an activity, it's not, you need to persevere. You need to be more persistent. You need to figure it out. It's okay. What can we do? So now we're back to us. We're back to Mm -hmm. we, we're back to partnership. So we modify what we are doing because like you say, at the bottom of 123, if we push too hard or too fast, learning becomes negative. And Mm -hmm. once learning becomes negative, you get the, this is stupid. This is dumb. I hate it. I hate school. Uh, I hate you. You're stupid. I mean, that's where that all comes from, right? Is because they don't have a competent role. And so the minute they start to feel um, incompetent, they get embarrassed and they start to shut down and they're going to um, uh, have those those nasty words that come out because mm-hmm. they are in a, a not so good place. You get a negative spiral instead of the positive. See? Yeah. Want. So that, what yeah. was that feedback loop? So the feedback right. loop can be positive mm-hmm. or it can spiral out of control and become a negative feedback right. loop. So yeah. Linda, yeah. I don't even know. I, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm going to tear up. I can't believe that time together is like, are you going to write yeah. another book, Linda? Because I feel yeah. like, what are we going to do without I'll you? Get there. <laughs> Two, yeah, declarative language 2.0 eventually. Yes. Maybe, yes. I was thinking maybe I can really I like it. focus on that this summer. That's, um, that's a fun goal. Yeah. 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 I'll come wonderful. back anytime, but you know, well, I'll be I on know. the other side for a bit. All that's these wonderful. Books here. Yeah. yeah. These are, we just finished book number five in chapter chat. Yeah. We, um, Mike and I have some, some things brewing so we're not yep. going to release the next book yet mm. so if you are a chapter <laughs> chat follower follow alonger can i use that as a that's your, uh, naming yeah. your role i'm chapter naming your chatter. role yeah your chapter chatter um stay tuned mike and i are going to be um coming out with some um a new format um possibly so we have some planning to do so i'm sure we won't be on i don't know what we're doing next week i don't know it's all yeah. just up in the we'll air figure it out. but um we're going to figure some things out so linda Bless you. Thank, Thank you, you for Thank your you so much for having me. Yes, it was it was absolutely wonderful. I'm so glad to call you friend now. And mm-hmm. someday I'm gonna come to Boston and I'm gonna come Definitely. to Philly. Yeah, and I'm gonna that's meet right. all you people in person. Right. And it's gonna be it's gonna be fabulous. So yeah. All right, guys. You guys take care. Have a wonderful um, rest of the evening. And to all the chapter chatters, Mike and I will be in touch. Thank you guys Sounds so much. Great. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye.